All right, let's do it. Starting with Monday Night Football and Jalen Hurts. So he was, of course, downgraded to questionable just yesterday. That trajectory does not bode well in general, but what works in Hurts' favor is one that the illness designation is most commonly played through. And usually we don't see much of a, of a performance hit when players do play through this. And secondly, that Hurts profiles as a relatively durable player, meaning that he tends to play through minor injuries and even through the questionable tag more often than league average. So with those two facts in mind, we would lean towards Jalen Hurts being out there, but this one will come up right to the game time, most likely. Then we have Geno Smith, and it's a little bit of a similar story. He has logged three limited practice sessions, and most players, about 65 to 70% of players who do that coming off of a groin strain, would be able to play. Now, if Geno Smith is out there as a quarterback, we would not expect much of a performance hit. However, the re-injury risk is really the concern, 15 to 20% rate of re-injury in our databases. And we'll see if Geno Smith plays. The comments are a little bit dicey, but again, the data does favor it. Then we have Tyreek Hill. So he, of course, missed yesterday's game with a high ankle sprain. The average timeline on these is two to three weeks. Tyreek is historically, one, very durable, and two, very aggressive about return timelines. And even the fact that he was listed as questionable and a game time decision despite not practicing last week suggests that he is going to take the field in week 16. Now, we do normally see a moderate performance hit, about a 15% decrease in the rate of targets for elite wide receivers. But even with that, Tyreek is still far and away a wide receiver one if he's active. The other concern here is about a 15% re-injury risk with this injury being this fresh, only two weeks removed. So we'll see how Tyreek progresses in practice, but we lean towards him playing as well. Then Jamar Chase. This one will really be told over the practice reports. He was reportedly too sore yesterday to even get his MRI, which of course is not a, an optimistic report, but most AC joint sprains of the shoulder do not cause wide receivers to miss time. If if he's out there in week 16, we would expect about a 10% performance hit is what we see in, in the elite wide receiver class. Then we have Devon Achan. So he was out there. He's returned off of a toe injury. And then, of course, before that, a knee injury. We do think the toe injury is the reason he only saw limited touches. And I'm expecting that number to increase by week 16. Next up is Chris Olave. So he missed the game and Chris Olave is dealing with a low ankle sprain. It's relatively uncommon for these to even cause wide receivers to miss games. So we would lean towards Chris Olave being out there week 16. Most of these do not cause much of a performance dip when players do return. There is somewhat of a re-injury risk, but overall not overly concerned about Chris Olave. Next up is CJ Stroud. And this one is a little interesting in the sense that he's got the concussion. Most players, really the vast majority, would return in week 16 here and would do so without any dip from their pre-injury performance baseline. The one question on CJ Stroud 
is that he did not practice at all last week. And most players would have logged at least one limited session. So you got to watch this one carefully. Again, the data heavily favors him coming back, but we'll have to just keep watching and waiting for the progression. Nico Collins. So he is out. He was out in week 15 dealing with a re-aggravated calf strain. And Nico Collins, unfortunately, the data does favor him missing at least one more week. The average on these is two to four weeks. And when players rush back, they do so with an elevated re-injury risk. And this is already a re-aggravation. So with Nico, you would expect him to miss at least one more week, probably coming back week 17. Then Jonathan Taylor. Now, the fact that he avoided IR in itself tells us that within four weeks was the target time for his return. And add on the with that that the average timeline on these is five weeks. And we do think it's realistic that Jonathan Taylor tries to come back this week. We'll see if he can practice. Obviously, that's kind of the limiting factor going up to the game. But Jonathan Taylor, we would suspect he plays this coming week. Darius Slay just had knee surgery. And although it's arthroscopic, minimally invasive type of surgery, it's very aggressive for this to take less than two weeks to return. It's possible, but week 16 would be a pretty heavy outlier. Week 17 is a more realistic target, but if he returns at that time point, we would expect him to be on a little bit of a pitch count. And if he returns week 18, that's where we would expect him to look pretty much like his old self. Then we have Travis Kelsey. In yesterday's game, he was reportedly dealing with a stinger, and you could see him holding his elbow pretty limp on the sideline there. The good news here is that stingers do not cause lingering impacts. They are, they are severe, but they are temporary. And, and they heal on their own within usually a couple of days. And by the following week, players don't see any performance impact in the vast majority of cases. Then we have Jaden Reed, left the game with a toe injury. It's unclear if he didn't come back because of the situation with the score or if that was really purely due to the injury. The worst case scenario here would be a turf toe. And if that's the case, then Jaden Reed is probably looking at a two to three week absence. But in most cases here, the toe is simply sprained and he would be able to return the following week. So we would lean towards without a lot of information yet, Jaden Reed logging some limited practice sessions this week and ending up in that 50 to 65% chance of playing. Then we have Kenny Pickett. He had tightrope surgery a couple weeks ago. Kenny Pickett, most likely return date is week 17, according to our data. The tightrope surgery likely cuts off a week or two weeks from the high ankle timeline. And so week 16 is a possibility here, but I think week 17 is the more realistic goal. Then Zach Moss, he got injured on Saturday. He had negative x-rays, which is reassuring in the sense that it tells us structurally he was pretty much intact, but he was having difficulty gripping the ball. And that is a common issue when you have an acute injury. The hand and the, and the forearm kind of swells up and that prevents you from forcefully firing the muscles. So I think Zach Moss has a good chance to play this coming weekend, but we'll see based on the practice reports. Then Will Levis, he got bent over backwards and he looked like his ankle took a severe hit. 
but he was seen walking around, even walked off of the, the field onto the sideline. And that is actually a, a pretty telling sign. With ankle injuries, players who are able to immediately bear weight are usually not dealing with severe ones. So therefore, Will Levis, we would lean towards him being back out there this coming week, but we'll have to follow him along as well. Then we have Christian Watson. The comments suggest that he is intending to return to practice this coming week. Now, if he does that, then it would the data would slightly favor him playing. But two things to keep in mind. One is that the Packers are a relatively conservative staff. And two is that this is already a re-aggravation. So Christian Watson, with that injury history of having several hamstrings before and then even having one earlier this year, is going to be a high re-injury risk when he does return. So the data, if he does practice in three limited sessions, would favor him playing. But anything short of that, we think he's going to be sitting week 16, coming back week 17. Then we have Isaiah Pacheco. This is a little bit of an atypical story. Sounds like they went in and removed a loose body. And, And whether that's a loose piece of his own tissue or perhaps one of the implants from his original surgery over the off season is hard to know. But in either case, if that's all they really did there, then Isaiah Pacheco returning this week is a realistic goal. You wouldn't expect much of a performance hit when he does return. Then we have Zach Wilson. Looks like a head injury. Totally unclear. The Jets, of course, is a little bit of an unclear situation in general. I would lean towards him not playing. Part of that is a gut feeling based on his hesitation going into the past few weeks about playing behind this offensive line. But if Zach Wilson practices, he's probably eligible to play. They did say that he avoided concussion protocol, but there was also some mixed reporting. So keep an eye on this one. Then we have a pair of high ankle injuries, Alexander Madison and Ramondre Stevenson. Starting with Ramondre Stevenson, he's already missed two games. And the third game is missed by most players as well. So the data does favor him being out one more week and then returning the following. Now, the caveat to that is is that some players really try to hustle back. If they do, if Ramondre Stevenson is out there week 16, we expect about a 20% efficiency dip. And the same is applicable to Alexander Madison, except he's one week behind. So the data heavily favors Alexander Madison missing this coming week, and actually even missing week 17 as well. Then Keenan Allen. So he missed Thursday night football with what was reported as a heel injury. Pretty uncommon for heel injuries to be multi-week absences. But the one thing to remember is Keenan Allen is older. This team is certainly going nowhere this year. And as a result, it's really up to the discretion of the player and the team as to how aggressive they want to be about the return. I suspect Keenan Allen will try to play this week, but there is a little higher rate than normal at this time of year of older players missing games on bad teams. Then Josh Jacobs. So he has a quad injury. He didn't practice at all going into Thursday night football and then, of course, missed the game. Josh Jacobs is likely playing week 16, and the reason I say that is because he did try to make this a game-time decision this past week. And that was already three or four days removed from where we are now. So we would lean towards Josh Jacobs being out there week 16. Then we have Brian Robinson. 
there was some reporting that they were expecting him back at practice this this week, but that, of course, did not happen. Now, Brian Robinson dealing with a hamstring strain, two to three weeks is the average timeline on these. So he has a good chance for this coming week, but we would expect him, if he's going to play, to log at least three limited practice sessions. So Brian Robinson will be having to keep a close eye on that Wednesday practice report. Then we have Keaton Mitchell. So he went down pretty gruesome looking knee injury, and it really is concerning for an ACL, but also another ligament in the knee. So with Keaton Mitchell, we'll find out a little bit once they get the MRI and know for sure what the injury entails. He will likely have surgery and of course miss the rest of this year. But going into next year, depending on if they say this is just ACL or if this is an ACL plus another ligament, that's really what's going to determine his timeline. Just an ACL would make it make it an average of 9 to 10 months. ACL plus, then you're usually looking at a little longer, usually in the 11-month the average range. And that's all we got for now, so I'll kick it back over.